Welcome back to another episode of Soma Soulworks. Where do faith and art meet? What does it mean to be made in God's image, knowing his nature as a creator? This podcast is an open-ended wrestling with God at the seam of Christianity and creativity as artisans working in the world of arts and entertainment. Welcome back to Soma Soulworks. And I say back because we actually took a break for like three months. That was on purpose. What we failed to do is really tell anybody. So uh, so sorry if, if there's been this like three months of silence on the podcast. Um, I swear it has been on my to-do list to make this announcement for those entire three months. Never got to it, uh, but that's because we were resting. And so uh, like anything, we we try to uh, maintain a rhythm of work and rest um, in different cycles, and this was part of it. So uh, we had a nice Long run, I think, of the last season, I guess you call them seasons, mm-hmm. of podcasts. Um, we talked about a lot of the things that we are trying to wrestle with here in culture. Um, I should say the, the gaming culture and everything else. We're going to start this year, um, and I don't know how long this will go, kind of until we run out of steam, with a question and a story. And so let me set this up. Um, it was about a year ago, I want to say, where God asked me a weird question. And he said, what if you were the king of the games industry? What would you do? And cooked into that question was a couple caveats. It's like, you can't do any magic wand stuff. This isn't a genie thing. All you're really given is authority and favor over the current situation. But now, try to think through questions of kingdom from that language and and as opposed to, for example, thinking of us through the lens of a company or a game studio, and not that those things are wrong. It's just this was a different format. And I would say one of the most productive thought experiments I've ever been through has been me thinking through this question, not just by myself, but with a bunch of other people, including uh, the folks in this room. And I'll just say who that is now. We got Brandon, we got Aaron, we got Neil, we got Mark. And uh, we also have James on the mic. Um, and, uh, and so we're going to start talking through these questions. Um, also mm-hmm. partly because back in June, we held a small event, uh, which was called Imladris. And, uh, if you're super nerdy, you know what that is. If you don't, too bad. And, uh, Imladris was, we brought together, I want to say about 40 of our friends who are roughly in the same space that we are, which is to say broadly Christians who are making mainstream video games. There are exceptions. We had some people that are making more, I guess, Christian video games. Um, and we also had some folks who weren't in gaming. But for the most part, that was the core. And long story short, we came together under a beautiful, beautiful day in Oregon, had a wonderful meal, and we had a worship team, which was Barlow Girl, by the way. I just got to brag a little bit. That was fantastic. Um, I'm pretty sure I can say they came out of retirement for me. So uh, so that was cool. Um, but we, we wrestled with these questions, and not because we had answers, but because God asked. So at least for a while, we're going to keep chewing on these questions in this public space um, and, and go from there. So I want to start this first episode with that same question to all of us and just kind of see how it sits with each of you, what's come up from it. And the question is, what if you were the queen? What if you were the king? And what would you do? What would you even want? And, uh, and how this question may or may not have struck with you since we started asking it. So... Uh, because Erin is new to the microphone, which you've probably seen her in videos and stuff before, but she's new to the podcast. So welcome, Erin Marantet. She is our Redwall Art Director um, and uh, recently um, unbabied. Well, that sounds horrible. Like, <laughs> recently with babied. Um, and, uh, and so Robin is such a beautiful thing. Um, 
but, uh, but was taken also a sabbatical herself for the, mm-hmm. uh, for a while. So Aaron, I'm just going to start with you because you're directly across from me. Tell me how it sat for you. Gosh, I got distracted by the baby part. <laughs> um, <laughs> about being a queen in, in the games industry. That question was hard. It is hard to grapple because I am at a point where in that whole uh, structure with the, the knight, the poet, the, uh, the, that structure, which I'm assuming that you guys have gone over before, so I'm assuming there's some history there for this, the mm-hmm. listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very much in I, what I feel is the night phase, or night or the uh, poet, like that's that part, because I, I'm, but I, I'm at a point where I'm being given some things to trust, like the fact that I'm directing the game's art st- style. I also just had a kid, and now I have this space there where I am very much in charge of things and having to do things well there. So my mind has been very focused there. So to think beyond that has been harder for it to expand there. And I I don't have a great answer. Of, That's legit. Because I just I don't have the experience. I don't have the – and I also don't have a great way of thinking beyond it. Um, and then – but I, I imagine for me particularly, the way I imagine myself being a, a further expansion of what I currently do is uh, helping and trust others with power. Mm. And entrusting them to be able to do uh, to be able to thrive. It's one of the things I, but it's one of the things I enjoy right now about my current space is that I'm, is that I'm helping other people thrive in where they are, and I'm I would hope that my my queenship would be a space that I could continue to do that, but on a grander scale. And I don't know exactly how how that impacts necessarily the games industry, but that's where I see my specific particular space impacting. If I have to. Um, if I have to put that directly into the idea of the games industry on the spot, th- th- um, thinking through this, I guess it would be, I would be very much wanting to have, I want to eventually like have a game that I've concepted myself come into fruition and have that be in some way impactful on this, this sphere as well. And that doesn't sound like it's a, like a queenship space necessarily. But just kind of like, I guess, my own goals in terms of what I want for my career. So I don't know if it really answers your question. It, it does in the fact that this is a hard question to wrestle with. Like, this mm-hmm. isn't an easy one. And so you're wrestling. That's actually where I think we all are. I think all the answers are going to be individual. Mm. I, don't, I don't think that there's any one <clears> – <throat> excuse me. I don't think there's any one answer that is going to quantify because we're all individual. And God sees us individually. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, since you're talking, like, just how is this question sat for you? Uh, what would you initi- want in initially, your individual? Initially, when you're talking about king and queenship of, of you know, the gaming industry and specifically what we're talking about, um, you know, it it's intimidating at first. You know, you, you immediately think about your limitation and your lack, you know, especially when you're talking about a kingdom which seems so grand and so majestic. Um, I... I've had years and years of not thinking of myself that way, a lot of false humility. Um, it's only been in the most recent past that I've really just gotten delivered from a lot of that and have just put on more of the mind of Christ and getting validated through him, through all that he's done for me and for us. So that's been huge deliverance. Um, but there's different sizes of kingdoms. You know, we say kingdom, everybody's got a different idea. You know, is it Asgard? Is it it Camelot? Is it, you know, whatever. Um, Who knows? The kingdom could be the size of your bathroom. (laughs) You know, it just, 
what it comes down to is, for me, it's really about stewardship. And when I say stewardship, I'm talking about stewardship of people, the kingdom of people. Because that's, Chris, I think you had talked about this one. You know, what does a king do? He takes care of his people. And so when you're talking about king and queenship of the gaming industry, immediately I think, or at least I do, I go to, oh, well, what's a new IP I could create? That's going to be that's going to be the message of deliverance to everybody. Mm-hmm. That's going to get people to crack open their Bible or all of a sudden turn their face to God because the game that I made is so immersive and revelatory and the scope's massively awesome. And to me, that was that's what scared me a lot. It's like I don't know if I'm that dynamic. But then I started to think about it more and backed up and said, yeah, but the gaming industry is being made of people, and when we're kings and queens. We're held, we're held to influence and to honor and to help and to steward people that God has put in our lives well. And so for me, that is, that's kingdom. That's stewarding a kingdomship mindset in being there for, for people, seeing them, hearing them, supporting them. That's exactly what Jesus came here in the form that he did and why Pharisees and Sadducees balked at it because he didn't come as a kingdom and they're limited thinking. Yeah. He came solely for the heart of men and did that individually and grew from there. Yeah. So <clears throat> I'm not going to cut you off, but I we in the in the next episode we do want to talk about kind of this question of like what even is a kingdom. Mm-hmm. I think that's central to it. Okay. And only for the sake of kind of focusing an episode the 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 question I'm trying to get to is like if you were the king of that kingdom, name of the game industry, like so, the, so in that regard, the boundaries to that regard, not to dispute what you said, but the boundaries are sort of par- implied in the question. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, and if you'd like, expand it to the, the the king or queen of the entertainment mountain, if you prefer that metaphor. And uh, and I can say for myself, like I find myself asking, I, I don't even know what that entails. I don't know. I, it's, I, I've had more thoughts about this, um, but again, so just trying to bring like that same question: What if you were the king of the games industry? What if you were the queen? Neil, Brandon? I think when I've thought about this, uh, there's a theme that comes out of it. Um, what what do all successful kingdoms have, right? Like, mm. they, they eliminate tribalism. Um, they unify the land, right? Like, and it comes under one rule. And so when I look at that through the lens of, like, Christianity, I'm thinking there's a – it's our – I mean, we're already in a, like, fragmented industry, but, like, even more so for c- Christian developers. And so, like, I think – there could there's an opportunity for like unity like either through collaboration or mentorship or networking like that's that's where i'd want to go with this is just to unify everyone get everyone kind of on the same page and like we're all representing the same thing but it doesn't look like that to the players and customers in our space it all looks like everyone's doing a money grab individually so that's kind of the theme that emerged when you posed the question to me. Yep. Brandon just said exactly what I just said. So, <laughs> you know, yeah, go get happened. an original that's answer, William. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I would have said that. That was a good answer, Brandon. Both of those actually remind me of kind of one of the other takeaways we were, we had kind of wrestled through, talked through, which was the creatives in the industry, the artists, programmers, audio engineers, um, designers, everyone who's involved, they, they have to be fought for and, um, like help protect the creative, uh, from the business side of the industry. Cause that seems to be a strong influencer on, 
um, affecting like what we can do long term. There's always like a short term uh, game you're working on, either even a couple of years, and then like oh, off to the next project. It's hard to stay within the same company or team long term, and also the ideas that are created from these creatives was another piece of like they're not unified at all, which is what kind of goes to your point, Brandon. Like, I love that idea of unifying more so, especially within the other Christians. And then hopefully beyond that, you know, like the creative seems to get squashed um, by the business side. And how do we help with that? How do we help them um, explore more of their journey and their passion and their calling, their creativity um, and not have it, um, not have it be trampled or, um, extracted from them and then they don't get anything from that like most artists love the joy of just creating and they're fine but the fact that the business side of the industry tends to extract and then send them to the wayside and they are left with scrambling for the next thing it's like but but a lot of that beauty of the idea of the play of that game came from those creatives and they don't get honor much they don't get they don't get to um, benefit from that as much as the business side of the industry, which is, wow, what happened there? And that doesn't feel like what the kingdom of heaven is like. Like, So that was one of the things that stood out as we're kind of bringing this up. And it's it's part of the thoughts I have on what would you do? Help with that yeah. as a king or queen. And you're tapping, I think, on – we didn't have, I'll just kind of quickly cover it now. We're, you're tapping on another part of the framework that we've been saying. And it's it's an idea that depending on where you look has been called either the seven mountains mm-hmm. or the seven spheres. And it's this it's this concept, which is actually a really interesting story. Um, Lauren Cunningham, um, Francis Schaeffer, and the guy at Krampus Crusade, whose name I forget. Um, Bill Bright? Bill Bright. I think that's Bright. Yeah. I think it's Bill Bright. The, the, the sort of the story was like, they roughly all had the same idea, the same vision at the same time in which culture was divided by these seven spheres or mountains um, who, who I, I don't remember. But there's basically education, family, church, politics, news, business, and entertainment. I did it. So those are the seven. Impressive. Um, and the notion is that uh, is that all of culture sort of like runs downhill from these spheres and knowing sort of what sphere you're in and what sphere you're not in really helps clarify purpose and vision. So you're kind of tapping in one of our other questions, which is right now, I I agree with you so much of the whole entertainment space, movies, books, music, all of it. It seems as if their entire uh, role is being driven by another mountain, which is to say the business mountain. Mm. And each each mountain should have its own goals, its own rules, right? And there's nothing wrong with business's goal being profit. Like that's what they do. Um, <laughs> but that's not the entertainment's goal. The entertainment's goal is not profit. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does beg the question, all right, then what is it? Um, like what is the purpose? And, and take it all the way to heaven. What would entertainment look like in heaven? What would be its purpose? What would be mm-hmm. its goal? Um, because that starts to flow downhill to us as well, or at least it could if we're willing to kind of look at it. Um, and so I, I don't know if we've talked about this piece of it, um, but to, I'll tell you kind of the, the thoughts that seem to me is like when I look at the Bible, I see lots and lots of art. I don't see artists, not by name. You know, there's a there's an exception here or there. There's there's Bezalel, there's David, there's Asaph. That's kind of it. Um and, and even in those cases, David 
isn't really celebrated primarily for being an artist. He's celebrated for being a king and a warrior. Mm. Um, and so I find this an interesting thing. It's like, so in that regard, it seems to emphasize the beauty, the artistic, the craftsmanship, um, but not really the creator. And, I, and it seems to me that the thesis there is because God's the creator. And, and, and not to be all like weird false humility stuff, but uh, I, this is just a thing I've been wondering about. Like what is our role? as creatives in heaven, as if you were to be a quote artist. So I, I don't know. I don't think we've talked about that, but maybe now's a good time just to put you on the spot. Uh, <laughs> any thoughts to that end to the creative side? I know Kid. that. Yeah. Uh, I want to take this personal again, because that's where experience speaks most for me. Um, I have a, and uh, these guys here know this, but um, when we do wor- Jesus time, often during worship or the worship portion of it, I will be drawing rather than mm. straight up. Um, sometimes I'm not, but that I find that as a form of worship for me. Mm. Well, then afterwards, I upload those to our base camp where we can, where um, under our Jesus time folder and kind of leave it to them like if they're going to post it or not anywhere. Um, and some of them have been used for as covers for some of our pre- previous podcasts, I think. Or they should have been posted there before. But it's like, do I sign my name on these art pieces? Mm-hmm. That's something that I've thought about. It's like, do I sign these art pieces? Because I'm the one who created them, but I was doing it as an act of worship or as a as a being trying to act be an act of being a hand of God and like just what is this visual coming about? So it's like, but speaking to that, it's like, yeah, it, I've so far I have taken it upon myself to not sign my own art this artwork that I've been creating. It's like, yes, I made this, hmm. but I don't think it's mine to own. Hmm. I don't think it's mine to be recognized as. Right on. And so, and I think like you do uh, have a good point of um, the artists are actually, like, I think you pointed out like the exact thesis that I came to mind as you're going through through it is that the art is, or is um, the create creation itself is is celebrated as a reflection maybe of the creator, but in this case, the creator is, um, being human is trying to reflect the um, the creation, being the creation of God. So kind of speaking, skipping the middleman, so to speak, and trying to celebrate God and not ourselves. Right on. Through that. That's my thought. I'll share a, a, a thought. This is this is also connected to where um, I, I've been reading this book. It talks about sort of C.S. Lewis's theology of imagination and imaginative fiction. And they bring in an idea that I've really liked. And it's, it, long story short, it's this notion of like where creativity and art act best as a form of pre-evangelism. And in this book is this notion that, especially in our current world, which is so focused on quote, the science and the facts. And and it is a materialist world. And I don't mean that in a consumption sense. I mean that like what you can measure with your things, that's all there is. There is no supernatural, right? So in a materialist world, the Christian notion is more and more stupid. Like if you just don't believe there is anything supernatural, there's nothing beyond what I can measure, then everything we start to say sounds like mythology, mm. like automatically. Mm. And and so uh, Lewis and Schaefer, uh, Francis Schaefer, C.S. Lewis, were talking about this sort of what they saw as this problem growing, growing in the in the last half of the, se- of the last century, and and came to partially the conclusion that 
if they're going to think this is all myth, let's just own it. Like, let's just dive in and really present it as myth because it gets around your head. Mm. Like, myth speaks to your heart. Mm. And in that regard, pre-evangelism is this idea of preparing the ground so that when the gospel comes, it gets a fair hearing. And so in that regard, seeing art as a place to create emotional, sort of sub, uh, sub-rational, sub so to speak, mm. foundation, so that it opens up this idea that this universe is porous. That the, that the supernatural can come through at any minute, right? It can walk through a wardrobe. It can walk through, you know, wh- whatever. The idea that, that there is something more than what you see, they really decided to own this. And Tolkien was in the same kind of picture, this idea that myth, in quotes, is this way of speaking truth without the facts. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've come to really think, like, that's a beautiful spot um, that I think that that could be a foundational pillar of the kingdom of entertainment. I love that. Mm-hmm. To see that as as a and, and to make and this is where when we bleed into other spheres, you have things like edutainment, which <laughs> everyone agrees is stupid. But I think that like, that uh, I think that evangelical games and evangelical art, like that, it, that the, like here's a great video game and it ends in an altar call. I think that that is also not helpful, um, and because it, and it but because it spheres bleeding into each other. It's like there is a church sphere. There is a – where evangelism belongs. There is an education sphere. Um, and, uh, and not that we can't collaborate with other spheres, but we shouldn't invade other spheres. Mm. Any thoughts on that? That's profound. When I was initially kind of going to the thoughts on artists and what it is for entertainment and so on, uh, like – you mentioned pre-evangelism and, and their opinions on on all that, which is really cool thoughts. And then it reminded me again of this idea of what is art. And if I'm just helping to create beauty, I think one of the neat things about looking at nature is looking at beauty just for beauty's sake is like, wow, does that, does that give you that feeling, that sense of awe? Or um, we even talked about this morning, like, why is a sunset beautiful? There's something that God created in the universe that helps humans just go, oh, that's super pretty. And that's just the way we're built. And so when we create art um, of in all these different types in the entertainment side, it, it, and, it, and it's awesome art. It's something that's excellent that people know like, wow, that's, that is beautiful. And games can do that like really well. Like, oh, this is such a good experience. And it's beautiful and or it's a story all those elements playing together. Um, and when you get snippets of that, you're like, oh, this is reminding me of who God is, you know, through that art, um, especially the the top end of that. Um, so interesting to see that even in the digital medium of video games. So. Yeah. Hmm. Well, we have, we have actually several episodes we're going to record. And so I'm going to just... Uh, close this one down for the sake of kind of pivoting to another episode. So if you're if you're listening, uh, we hope you've enjoyed this. This is the first part of I don't know of a of a X part series. I don't know how long we're going to go with this. Probably until we run out of steam. Um, but uh, welcome back to Soma Soulworks, and we will see you in the next episode. Thank you for joining us. This is just one offering from Soma Soulworks, a production of Soma Games. To learn more, check out somasoulworks.com. And we'd appreciate your support through patreon.com slash soma soul works.